0: what's up everybody my name is lee some of you guys might know me as intuition and you are tuned in to kind of neat thank you guys for tuning in as always first things first follow me on twitter at its intuition follow my man behind the boards ben Shin, making the shit sound buttery at i am database based with two s's you can follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat. YouTube.com slash That's Kinda Neat or just slash Kinda Neat. Either one will get you there. Where you are going to see our buddy Mark E. Basie perform. He killed it. This dude can really sing. And the song is catchy as fuck. Download that podcast app and search for Kinda Neat and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Leave a five-star rating. Tell us who you want to see. And everything is wrapped up in a pretty package on KindaNeat.net. So I'm back in L.A. after six days because I was in Utah on a work trip, and it was dope. I've never stayed that much time in Utah, and I don't think that I've ever been there when the weather was this nice. I played a show one time there uh, with Greaves. Shout out to him at uh, a small venue called Kilby Court in like September. One year, maybe August, and it was like 105 degrees and it was unbearable. And then all the other times I've been there, I've been during the winter or during the rainy spring. And so this kind of in the middle of summer was fucking beautiful. Utah is so dope. Like it was like ranging from about 80 to 55 at night. And so it was just perfectly warm and beautiful and sunny, but like with lots of clouds and a breeze. And we're like up in the mountains shooting the whole time. Man, it was just beautiful. I got to go fishing one day on sunday and it's crazy because they have this river that runs all through park city and provo and like salt lake city like there's this this river the provo river that is actually controlled by these dams like they control the temperature and the flow with these dams and it's all specifically for fishing so the fishing there is amazing and if you hire a fishing guide which we did you know they bring you waders boots poles and lunch and all this shit and then you got an that can just kind of like look on the internet and see where they've released what temperature water and how high the river is and et cetera, et cetera. And he can look at that and like crack the matrix and go, Oh, this is the part of the river that we should be fishing in. And then you go and fly fish with the dude and fuck me and uh, the homie Dom that I travel with for work, like Dom must've caught like 12 fish. He's like a very, (laughs) for some reason, he's a very natural angler, I guess. And I think I reeled in about eight or so, but This fool Dom pulled in a motherfucking 20-inch rainbow trout. My biggest was a 17-inch brown trout. He pulled in a 20-inch rainbow trout. Now, I grew up fishing for rainbow trout in a lake, and probably the biggest I ever caught as a kid was, like, maybe 13 inches. So to see a 20-inch fish get reeled in, it was crazy. Like, if it wasn't a catch-and-release place, this would have been a fish that you would have, like, put on a wall. It was giant. So that was an amazing time. And then we're also, like, catching lifts up, You know ski mountains where the snow's all melted and like shooting professional mountain bikers and it was just very It was a very gnarly trip and uh, I don't know. I had a really great time in utah. So I feel like I would like I would love to have like a a place to retire there and just go snowboard in the winter Then go out there and just be gnarly in the summer Like there's so many people are very active there Everyone's either like a road biker or a mountain biker or something like they all have activities I like to chill on the couch I like to be on the internet, but that's what I've been doing the last six days. And it was dope today on the show. We had this dude, Mark E. Basie, and I didn't really know much about him. To be honest, I found out about him through a tweet that Kendrick Lamar made where he was just like, yo, check out the homie, Mark E. Basie. And I was like, oh shit. So I listened and I was very impressed. I was like, damn, this shit is dope. And it's like a white dude who sings and has like really great, catchy pop songs that are kind of rooted in rap music. And I was impressed and I listened to the tape like two times through straight and I went, oh, I should get this kid on the show, not knowing really anything about him. It turns out that he's like a, a music industry veteran. Like he's been around for a while and it turns out he even had like a top 40 hit at one point with an old band called 2AM uh, Club. I didn't know any of that because as you guys know, I don't really do a lot of research. I just like to come in and learn while you guys learn. And so I don't know, dude has stories and and fuck his performance just just right now was like so good i'm like really mind blown uh, he played guitar and and sang and he was like trying to downplay his singing voice and it was wow like the song that he wrote was really catchy yeah it's cool man he helped like write. he's been helping write pia mia's song so that song let's do it again that you hear on the radio he helped write that that's dope to me and so i just think it's great to see a dude that's like seen the ups and downs in the industry and has is kind of a vet at this point to stick with it and and start this new journey as a solo artist it seems to me like it's going to be a successful solo career for him just from what i heard tonight as far as his personality goes and and just the talent that he has within songwriting and singing so uh he has a ep out that they put out a couple months ago called uh the east hollywood ep and that's the one that I heard and went, oh, I need to talk to this dude. So I would suggest going to his SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Mark underscore E underscore Basie, B-A-S-S-Y. And just listening to that EP, because if you like this conversation, then I think you'll like that record and really good summertime vibes. So we ran really long because we had a lot to talk about. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Mark E. Basie.
1: from uh the bay area, San Francisco, Marin, Santa Rosa. There's lots, okay, so lots of places in and around there. Where where would you like call home home? Well, my home is Los Angeles. I've been here now. uh since I was 1918 Oh, so you've been here a minute. Since 1918. You've been here since holy <laughs> shit. It's crazy. I've You're seen a like from the cowboy days to the uh yeah. That's lit. I moved down here like right after high school. Um so this LA is really home, but you know, when you're from the Bay Area, it becomes like such a, uh, a point of pride, especially if you live in LA, cause you want to separate yourself and, you know, our little culture up there, but now they've merged and it's, uh, been beautiful to watch and I've got to kind of see all of that and be a part of it in certain ways. So, uh, LA is home now, but my, uh, my stepdad lives in San Francisco, and my mom lives in Mill Valley. Okay. It's a town right outside of San Francisco, so I go to Mill Valley when I go home. I always say the Bay Area and Orange County are
0: similar in the fact that no one ever says the actual city they're from. They're just like, Orange County or the Bay Area. And it's like, yeah. why don't you just say you're from Santa Ana, or why don't you just say mm-hmm. you're from Bolinas? Well, I know. P- You know where Bolinas is? I have a homie that's from Bolinas. Oh, so cool. I thought- uh, bo of uh,
1: uh, Marshall yeah, Payne. Yeah, that's like yeah. one of my, grew up with him since day one.
0: You kind of, you guys kind of have a similar swagger.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a great guy. Yeah, hey, I shout out. I miss that guy. Shout, shout out Marshall to, Payne. Shout out to Marshall. Josh probably known Marshall Payne since they were like five years old. I uh, came up in the rap world with that dude. Like
0: back in uh, Santa Barbara, I used to throw battles and stuff, and he would be the one that would always win them. Wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you moved down here right as a, as a fresh face out of high school to pursue the dream or what?
1: Yeah. I had a short half a year stint at um UC Santa Cruz and I was um shout out to the banana slugs shout out to the banana slugs I did uh, got myself in there um but when I was there I was uh heartbroken <laughs> and I was trying to figure out what to do and I was uh just like abusing drugs and alcohol and not going to class and sort of the light at the end of the tunnel was like if I go to LA and I become a rock star then I can my ex girlfriend, my ex girlfriend will want me again, type shit, and that sounds sort of pathetic out loud. But ain't that but how it always works? Really? I guess like, oh, I I'm guess it is, yeah. yeah. But it really worked. I mean, well, it worked out. Yeah. You know, it's good. Uh, it got me down there, and then, you know, I moved down here such a long time ago, and I've been part of this whole music game for so long that I've really been like, I was when I was first here. There wasn't even like YouTube. It was yeah. like the early MySpace days, and like me and. The guitar player of my group would go to all the sorority houses and fraternity houses up and down, you know, the Southern California coast and just play our songs in like John Mayer style sorta. Of. That's <laughs> tight. <Best> uh, <laughs> really gay. Uh, no. <laughs> sorry no, I, lo- I love all people
0: oh. uh- <laughs> well fuck if we're gonna if we're self-editing ourselves we might as well just edit that part out and be like oh yeah i know really oh, fuck it, keep it it's all right, right. i love okay, everybody it's all all right, good. There we go. it was
1: just it was very it was very soft it was like me <laughs> singing with the guitar but i grew up listening to Bay Area rap so that's like i was
0: gonna say there's a certain breed of like white people from the bay that are like super duper hyphy hyphy
1: yeah i'm not i'm see like i have like, if Mac around Jerry a lot came of them right now? Would you be this facing? I could, yeah. I could, if I felt like it. But <laughs> I wouldn't be like the most turned up, like all the way. You know, yeah. holding my shirt out. Like yeah. I, I could do it, but that's not really that's not my go to. And even in in high school, my musical ear was always uh, much different than my friends. Unbeknownst to me, I just was always attracted to different things musically, um, like like classic soul music. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when I was real young, I used to live, Tracy Chapman was my landlord in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Really? So my whole family lived in this, uh, like big, beautiful house, like my mom and both my aunts and their, uh, significant others, um, in like on Douglas street and like sort of near Twin Peaks in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of like, And Tracy Chapman Tracy would just Chapman. be there coming to
0: pick up the rent or what?
1: I, I actually, I didn't know it at the time. It's like years later that i really found this out, but yeah she uh she owned like a few houses there i guess and um so my mom's music like annie lennox tracy Chapman james taylor mamas and the papas you know shit like that i just liked it and i i, I was uh always like very secure with myself as a as a little kid for some reason so you didn't need to pose like so you i didn't care yeah kid. i like tupac's my all-time favorite yeah. so i always had that going and i, well, I, I I'm love a,
0: i'm a biggie guy so we're already not a, getting along god, god, damn, god damn it, it. Yeah. No,
1: nah, but, you know, uh, I'm from the Bay. Like, I, I love Bay Area rap. And right. I was really into, like, all the Bay Area hits. And even I had, like, Mac Dre before he went to jail. I had, like, Life's a Bitch on, you know, not on cassette, but on CD when I was probably, like, nine years old. And I yeah. was always, I was so I was never tripping. I, I never had to, like, be know every Bay Area rap song. I wasn't right. that kid. I was more searching, like, going through uh, Stevie Wonder, Donnie Hathaway, Sam Cooke. The teddy pendergrass like so my dad was from the south too so like a lot of old like southern um soul music sax records type shit you, uh, Only uh i was till i was 10 and then three more came three um, more came so, yeah. right, so i have f- a very complex weird family
0: though, so the folks split up and then the
1: brothers and sisters came yeah
0: so how how'd yeah. You, how how did your folks meet in the bay if your dad's from the south
1: they met in new york city in the 70s my mom was a uh, merchandiser, clothing designer, and my dad was a lawyer, and they were very different, but very cool. And they were my mom was really like tough on the scene, like in Studio Fifty Four. And with and was your dad like a yuppie dude or what? I mean, he was from the shit in the south, but yeah. he had kind of like got himself to this where awesome place. He's from uh, it's called Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Um, so that's like that side of the family really has that country southern thing, uh-huh. um, which is really cool to have in your family if you know in america i think because it's just so such rich culture and uh even though they're like crazy white people um (laughs) they got a lot of soul yeah and they taught me like you know my family they love music down there how did he pull himself out of that to become or like i don't know i hear rocky mountain north carolina i think like hill people and shit (laughs) and like (laughs) it's actually it is like it's very it's very country um how did he get how
0: did he end up being a lawyer
1: I mean, he just just, just grinded just, it out. Yeah, he just yeah. he was really smart. Yeah, yeah. My, all all my family members are quite intelligent. Um, I
0: like when people describe. Like, they're like, my family is pretty
1: smart. They're like, quite intel. Like you know, use better adjectives and I shit. I had all to, right? like, <laughs> I have to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to speak uh, well for your podcast. Hey, don't even worry, <laughs> man. We could. You can. Do, I already you... called things gay. I already fucked. <laughs> <laughs> You can use um, as much
0: slang as you need to. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, okay. So your dad gets to New York and meets your mom, and she's in Studio 54, just fucking wilding out, or what? Well,
1: she she was really about her business. She's an awesome entrepreneur. She actually now she uh, owns a personal care products company called EO Products. It's uh, like a uh, essential oil based, organic, good for you shampoo, conditioner, body lotion. Nice. all that, you know, and you yeah. can get it in like that Whole, sounds whole like Foods, a s- Super Bay Area company. It is, but it's growing. It's nice. it's uh, it's bigger than you would imagine. It's, oh no, I believe that it's big. It's I'm just saying yeah. that sounds like some real holistic, like exactly. Bay Area shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she started it 20 years ago. That's so dope. She started in San Francisco in our garage, and uh, but that's just she's uh, she was an entrepreneur her whole life, and um, always in clothing, and you know was with like Tommy Hilfiger and Donna Karen and all these like huge designers, and really in that part of that whole scene. So my parents just had a huge impact on my taste and i've never been like ashamed some kids like really push back against what their parents like and that's kind of how they define their taste but i my mom was too cool i had to just accept it and sort of right the older i get the more comfortable i get being like i just want to make a james taylor song right right a a modern version but right yeah uh and so they meet in san or they meet in new york and then how did they end up in san francisco my mom got pregnant and she made a decision she got offered a job at the gap and and she uh, didn't want to raise her child in New York City. She was also from Pittsburgh, and she loved... Oh,
0: my dad's from outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. I got a fucking Rolling Rock tattoo because of Latrobe PA. My dad grew up right around there.
1: Wow. yeah, Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway,
0: small world. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so...
1: And I have the Pittsburgh... Uh, the thick Pittsburgh bloodline, too. Yeah, yeah. Um. Um. But... So, my mom wanted to have me out there, and my dad decided he wanted to quit and be like a like a personal counselor uh-huh. for adults in this thing called Lifespring Training. This uh-huh. is fun. I never get to talk about all this. So he quit. His, like, high profile, like, started from the bottom. Now I'm a kick-ass Wall Street attorney. So they both quit their jobs, moved to San Francisco. So, new like new passions.
0: Yeah, yeah. kind of
1: like that, and, like, took massive pay cuts. And then uh, after that, when I, you know, my dad freaked out and was like, well, I can't do that. And then he took the bar and became a lawyer in California. Uh-huh. And my mom... Uh, opened a clothing store called it was her name was is Susan Griffin, and she had a clothing store in San Francisco called susan Griffin um and they were rocking and then they split up when I was a little kid. How was the split? your voice got
0: kind of quiet like it affected you pretty heavy
1: no 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 it didn't no. Affect, it didn't affect me
0: that's <laughs> how you're uh, like
1: and then they split and, no, and i was actually I just thinking goddamn God for... this coffee just really kicked in uh, you're just <laughs> all this is great coffee shout uh, yeah. out to this place down the street
0: yeah uh so your folks split how old are you i was uh 2 and so, so oh you're so you're young young you don't even remember it probably no
1: i no, don't yeah man.
0: so did you spend most of the time with mom or dad or was it like a f- even split
1: i think that they had joint custody um and, uh, yeah, I, was, I had a very normal, upbringing. Uh, good upbringing until I was, like, 13. My dad passed away. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm never ready for that when people tell yeah, me nah, that. I mean, I hear it a lot from musicians. It was a long time ago. It was a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. So I'm not one of those people that says, I'm sorry, because I'm sure you've already dealt with it in your own way, and I have nothing to do with, with it to apologize for. But that is a sad story that your yeah. dad died at 13. Yeah. Have you ever, you ever read Outliers? Uh yes, I have a lot of people. A lot of successful people's dads die at a very young age. Yeah, it's like a real thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've I have
1: just recently uh, started reading Dave yeah. Eggers' heartbreaking work of staggering genius, and I just started reading it this morning at five forty-five in the morning. And you're already done with it? No, I'm no, not. I'm not I, it's a uh, he talks a lot about that, but really, I recommend How, it. How'd
0: your dad pass?
1: He had cancer. Oh, sick. fuck. What kind? Uh, um it was called uh, non-hodgkin's lymphoma oh
0: man and yeah. so you had to watch that
1: yeah it's it really sucked but he was really like never tripped i don't know he was really strong about it and Stayed he kind of it wasn't even like it's a, all okay he was just like man like i'm all good yeah. like i don't know i never had a conversation with him where he was like i can't believe this is happening or what was me yeah and it kind of instilled a certain like I have an attitude, like, I can do anything Yeah. sort of from that. After you found out, how long was
0: it? Like, how um, long did you see him go through that?
1: It was, like, three years. Oh, um, fuck. Uh, so, yeah. But he wasn't sick. Like, he was doing really well. Yeah. And then it just happened really fast. At right the end. Yeah, right happening. at the end, it just kind of happened. And yeah. we actually weren't expecting it. It was, uh, you know, his sort of, like, timeline or whatever was, uh, it was longer. Initially, they thought, um... But I've really, uh, I've come to realize and kind of just view that whole situation as that was a blessing in its own way. Um, even though, you know, I think about my dad every single day um, and he had a huge impact on my life, but fuck, you know, that's, that's how it is. And that's, that's who I am. So,
0: yeah. And I mean, you have to, you can either let it ruin you or inspire you, I guess. Yeah. So you've probably chosen the latter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you look like your dad? Uh... Sort of. I look a lot like my mom Yeah. also. I mean, did your parents keep it cool? Yeah, no. My my dad told my mom he still loved her when yeah. he was on his deathbed.
0: What were you doing as a kid at the time? Were you, uh, were you good at school? You, since you guys well, are so quite, that, quite So intelligent. that's the interesting part is yeah. that
1: when he was around, yeah, I was very good at everything. But he, man, was, he,
0: he passed right at the time when everybody wants to start to rebel yeah. anyways. So, so then you
1: had more of a reason to. Well, actually, what's crazy... And I I never really talk about this, so I'm gonna use this as like a therapy session now. <laughs> Please do. But um, if you cry, I'll cry with no, you. No, I'm
0: not <laughs> I'm a very uh, empathetic person.
1: He we were uh, we weren't on good terms. Like I was, it was already beginning. He was so hard on me. Mm. You know, like even an A minus was bad. Yeah. Like I never got an A minus when he was around. Like straight A student. I was probably the best basketball player in my county, in my age, in I think, my, in I my think grade. Marshall
0: Payne will probably have something he's, to say about he's that. He's older, but I was better oh, okay. than him for sure at that time. <laughs> oh, shit. Josh
1: was too. Marshall thinks he was the greatest ever, but we, we are all there. Oh, shit. Know. Josh, you ball too? Yeah. Oh, shit. Marshall was good. Marshall was probably better than me, but at that time, I well, he wasn't bullying it, so he couldn't. <laughs> He he wasn't. I'm just a, was with you. well. So, yeah. So like you, you're one of those kids who's like parents expect A's. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was.
0: My parents were the same way, and I always hated it. Like when I'd have friends who was like, "Hey, if you get an A or a B, you get a money reward." And my they would show me their report cards. Like, yeah, man, I got three B's and an A. I'm gonna get like fifty bucks. I'm like, man, I would get a whooping for that.
1: Yeah, like, you yeah. Know that's I mean? how my my dad wasn't even. My mom didn't care. My yeah. mom is the most like do whatever. My mom raised herself and you know like i said she's always been an entrepreneur and she's never cared about school Uh and never told me like my first report card that i ever got was a Uh 3.2 i remember this my mom was like great job honey you got a 3.2 that's solid whatever yeah you know and my dad was like oh so you want to be like a 3.2 kind of guy for your whole life and i was never thought about anything i was like mm, yeah no he's like absolutely not (laughs) like and uh So I started kicking ass in school. But then after he passed away, yeah, that was done. Why weren't you guys on
0: good terms at that time? We
1: were on good terms, but it was just he had moved two hours away for the first time. Him and my mom had always lived in the same city. Uh And he had moved two hours north uh, with his new wife. And that was just friction because he, he wanted to see me. And he was sick. So looking back, like, fuck. Of course, he it was wanted, a lot to joke He with. wanted to see me, but I want—I didn't care if he was sick. I wanted to be, you know, how selfish you are when you're a kid. Like mm-hmm. I was 11, so I didn't—I knew he was sick, but the, I thought of him passing away wasn't a reality yet. It was just like my dad's sick; he'll be fine. He really was like a alpha male personality. So sorry, Maybe. I wouldn't—you um, know—I couldn't see it like that, and I couldn't have the—you know—the hindsight at the time. But so I wanted to stay. We're in the city I was in, and he wanted me to go back and forth, and I would, like, even from the age of 10, I'd be on the bus by myself going two hours back and forth, and it was just a lot to deal with, so there was just friction around all that, and, you know, I would have to go two hours away from all my friends, and I would, like, miss the parties and miss all the, you know, whatever the—that's, like, right in the age when you first— have the like freak, freak dance uh, parties yeah. oh, and I, i'm I like love freak i fucking dancing. missed the first like oh my god tiffany sims did what and blah 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 and i missed everything right so and cut and i was just up with my dad like you know in this scary like house two yeah. hours north of everything so that's where the friction arose but in in the end everything was great and i mean there was no we you know we patched everything up and, and when he passed away we're just as good as ever yeah
0: that's a lot to deal with as a fucking 11 12 13 year old yeah
1: and he had a son in that same uh like sorry exactly a month uh before he passed oh my gosh so i have like and have, he had a daughter who was three yeah. so i had like a whole nother family so he got married he got remarried when you were how old like maybe five or something oh like okay. Or no, no 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 yeah later like seven or eight or something Yeah, like
0: yeah. So you had a half sister and a half brother from him mm-hmm.
1: Are you close with them? You know, no. Yeah. But it's really hard to be close with them and it breaks my heart. But they're so good. They still, live, out, they they still live up there and it's just my life. my little sister is a, a freshman on like a full academic scholarship at Seton Hall and she's so bright it's unbelievable quite
0: intelligent would you she's say? way
1: past that she would have came up came with something way better yeah uh she's just so like well read and knows everything she knows more than i do about politics society anything music even and she's just like the best kind of like she's beautiful but she's like the just the right type of nerd also like if you know yeah How she's, old a, is she's she? the best girl she's 19 she's single or what no i'm, yeah. fucking, I'm fucking with you <laughs> No, she's not. She has, she has an awesome boyfriend, too. Nice. I, I've never met him, but I, uh, I I stalk him a little bit just to make sure he's, uh, <laughs> just, he's all you right. You
0: have to go up there and rough he, him up.
1: Yeah, he's good. And so I have I have her. She's 19. I have another 19-year-old sister also who's equally awesome. From your mom? From my mom. Did she remarry as well? She remarried also and re-divorced. Re-divorced. <laughs> yeah. How did you like the stepdad thing? He's he's great. He was cool my, with- I come from a family where no one works for anyone else every every single person in my family is their own boss yeah my uncles my aunts they have their own businesses if smaller big whatever rich or poor um and no sustained marriages but everyone's cool no one's no one's like there's only one bitter uh set of exes yeah in my whole family and it's a lot of kids And so it's really, there's a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have access to so many real life, so much real life, like, tragedy, joy, um, and hardship, and everything that comes with being in a real complex, familial, urban situation. Um, Urban meaning city, not Dr. Dre urban. (laughs) I get it. Uh, So it's like... It was real natural for me to, kind of take all this into like poetry writing. That's how everything began. Right. Um, I I consider writing to be, mute, in terms of like how I do music. That's sort of my my strongest uh, natural talent. I think is is my uh, ability to like write, and it all comes from all that you know. Right. Right. It's all right there. I don't really have to look anywhere else.
0: So you're 13,
1: and mm-hmm.
0: you st- is that, and you say like that's when you start slacking off from school. Is that when you start kind of writing more poetry and stuff at that
1: point? So I never did that. I, I did a little bit, like I would sing along to rap songs, and I was into that. And I was like on the San Francisco Muni as like a little nine year old kid by myself with my friends too. So I always, and I lived in like uh, it was called Petrel Hill in San Francisco. It was kind of like borderline hood neighborhood when i was little so i was always around and i knew what was up uh more so than like the other kids that went to my school i would like go across town to an art school uh it's called waldorf school it's like a hippie it's an alternative school. like private school yeah it's an alternative private school but it's not for it's not like a, a rich kid school yeah. it's more just, it's just
0: like hippie parents and their kids there. yeah yeah
1: and cool Like rich parents also. So how? What was the? What was the like
0: academics like there? Or or it was
1: was awesome. It was like, so it's not broken up into like English, math, whatever. It's like main lesson, and you learn one thing. Like we're gonna learn Gilgamesh for two months, and you just learn that for half the day. Then the other half the day is PE, Spanish, music, woodshop, like elective type classes. So you kind of learn one thing at a time. They don't teach you how to read till you're like in third grade. They what? focus on all that kinds of other. Yeah. Like yeah. I know how to knit with five needles. I could like knit it's you It's funny a hat. that you just said that. Cause I was,
0: <laughs> as you were saying, like, you know, woodshop, I was going to go knitting just as a joke. And then you like, yeah. I know how to knit. Knitting,
1: crocheting, Get cross out. stitching. Making uh, essential oils. And like, yeah, you, <laughs> shit like that. And they, um, you celebrate, I guess every school celebrates most holidays, but you kind of go in depth yeah. with like celebrating all kinds of uh, cultures and then. Everyone sings. Everyone plays. So even as a little kid, I mean, I, I know they have to do that in public school also. Well, not necessarily. And I went I mean, to public yeah, we, school we also. Mu-
0: we have music class, but, I mean, we you don't necessarily have to learn how to play. You, you don't, you know, unless you really seek out playing instruments at a public school, I don't think you really get a chance to. So you guys kind of had instruments yeah, playing. Yeah, this was,
1: this was like, you know, everyone... Like everyone has to play recorder and pick a second instrument that oh, they're now gonna recorder, learn. Recorder, oh yeah. Everyone I, has to do recorder. I played of recorder. Yeah, yeah, it recorder. was lit. I mean, yeah. I still know fucking hot cross
0: buns like a yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. So,
1: um, but yeah, so uh, that school was really like looking back. I only went there until I was ten. Yeah. But it was just so cool because also you're. It was a uh, like kindergarten through eighth grade so i was around older kids a lot um who were like cool like san francisco older kids in the 90s yeah and they had a huge impact on like that's the first kids that brought me you know uh Shroom, Wu Tang, no, like Wu Tang, like yeah, it was like new. East Coast, East Coast hip hop, yeah. and then obviously like Bay Area shit, and even like stuff from down here, like AC alone. I oh, used yeah. to I used to rock with all that stuff when I was like eleven.
0: Yeah. Oh, so Kev that we were talking about yeah. uh, earlier, he used to uh, record. Like he was. What's and, AC alone from?
1: Free, Freestyle, Freestyle Fellowship. Fellowship. Yeah, that yeah, was, so I had Kev that used, on tape. Kev like, used to produce a lot of their records. Really? Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. it was like I was exposed to all that so early. Yeah. And I don't even. So I never thought like that i had to seek that out i was just always kind of took it like that's where i come from my mom even like her friends listened to hip-hop music and were into that too so it was in the house even that that was in the house too my mom was essentially like what i am now yeah you know she was like a hip young person with a kid that would take me all around san francisco and so i just absorbed all of that you know from the time i was like six months old and right (laughs) you know anytime there was like a party that It'd be acceptable. Like, if you go to a party now and I invite you, you know, to, I'm having a barbecue and you had a two year old, it's like, it's all love. Bring a yeah, yeah. two year old, he's going to run up over here. Someone's going to be smoking over here. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of, I was I'm raised. Sure my two year old
0: nephew was like, knowing club going up on a Tuesday and sing along with it. So, two year olds are hipper than we imagine. Exactly. Yeah. So, I
1: was sort of like that. And I yeah. think that that was cool because it made me. Uh, not afraid to put myself out there. And so, right. if you're going back to being like 13, and that's when I started, uh, I got involved in this thing called Youth Speaks. Uh-huh. It was like a teen poetry slam back when that was a thing. Oh, that was sick. That was cool. You
0: know, George Watsky? Did you grow up with him at all? No. He was like a big. Uh, sp- he was spoken, the, yeah, spoken word poet. in San Francisco? Yeah, in San Fran.
1: I, well, I kind of dropped out of it. It was really only. I wanted to only play basketball. Yeah. So, but for right after my dad passed away, I was like fueled, I, and I would go, and I had my one little poem I had, and it was like a powerful person in my presence, pairing on my poetry peasant, throwing popping peas, yeah, profusely. popping all that, yeah, yeah all that, and yeah. uh, I went to the first one. I was the youngest contestant. And I just, like, really shut that shit down. (laughs) That was, like, the best performance I've ever given. They were like,
0: alliteration is amazing. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and they they obviously cut me slack because I was 13. But even I got, like, leaps and bounds better just going and watching and just copying and learning how to express myself. So that kind of happened. And then I had that. And, like, just I really only participated for two years. But I uh, did well. And just the response that I got, I I had always wanted to be in front of people and do something, but I wasn't good at anything. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like a good singer or a, a, like a performer really at all. But just like pouring myself out there that like the crowd, like the the energy was so thick and it just was so inspiring that that was always in the back of my head. I think like if I write how I really feel down and just put it out there for people, that's that's something. And
0: so you're like 13 14 at that time
1: and yeah. then but when do you find out that you can sing
0: so then singing uh because i have a funny story about singing too like listening to your records uh, i was like this these are dope and like you can tell he's a great year for pop hooks and a good yeah and, and, but like they all use auto-tune but for style you know what i mean and That's yeah. what i assumed but and so i went like I'm like talking to Michelle and I'm like, "Hey, this is like an awkward question, but he, can he like actually sing in real life because if he performs like we're not going to like really keep the auto tune on?" She's like, "Oh yeah, he just does that for style like he can sing his ass off." And yeah. I'm like, "All right, cool." And but it's just funny how like in the modern times it's, that's like a touchy question like well, there are to, some singers that really can't.
1: No, but to be perfectly honest, yeah. like I can I can for sure I can sing. I yeah. mean, I'll, I'll sing for you guys, but I'm not like I wasn't born like gifted with a crazy singing voice yeah, like
0: mariah carey or something but even yeah. no not yeah. even just
1: that like yeah. my technique is is poor a it's, lot of shit so i tolerant. started rapping yeah, yeah. you know so i started rapping like over a band but i know how to construct a melody right and um and i have a good ear and, right and you know singing it's like there's so many dope singers if you go down to any karaoke on tuesday night or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. in los angeles you're gonna hear people that can sing. Voice-wise, could yeah. probably sing circles around me, but they can um they can't access like their who they really are with their voice. And mm-hmm. that's what's always that's the kind of voices that I've been attracted to listening to. That's what I go for and singing just happened because every time we got to the hook, that's when I really was like I n- always knew what to do in the hook and uh just in terms of like that was like listening growing up really while everyone else was listening to Mac Dre and I was listening to you know James old, Taylor or Stevie Wonder yeah. mostly at that time okay, yeah. um inner visions just any anything any any kind of old soul melodies like those are the melodies that stick to this day you yeah. know and in pop music and those are those and the beatles also you know those set the foundation for any good song still and so i have i have that on deck you know a lot of people a lot of young writers out there rappers whatever they don't have like all that musical Uh, history and they haven't really explored that I think but I've gotten to do that and that's also a cool thing about being around for a while is like I've gotten to see you know a few of these different waves that have come across and like oh this is hot for a year or two or even three or whatever but the ones that stay are always the ones that understand like classic melody and that's like even in his own way future is kind of you know even though his melodies like when he wants to put a melody on some shit he'll put a melody on some shit when he wants it to be hard it'll be hard same thing with Drake even Kendrick, you know, just just understanding pocket and melody is is everything if you're a vocalist.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah. So and that's so kind of de- what I've studied. So did you start developing that in high school then? Like when yeah. you say you started rapping like uh I, I'm sure that we probably started the same way where it's like you start memorizing your songs and then, or memorizing like your favorite rap songs. And then all your friends go like, oh, yo, Mark can fucking say this whole rap like, uh, you know, and recite it without even listening to the song, shit like that. Yeah. And then you become the kid that knows how to rap. And so then you start making your own raps or what?
1: Yeah. But actually, I was embarrassed like to rap. Yeah. Because for me, like I had, you know, I had like real hood friends and shit and i just w- didn't feel comfortable being like the white kid that uh, rapped ever i thought that was corny so right. to me i was like if i want to do music i have to like respect this isn't like 2003 this is before like white people had overrun hip-hop and yeah
0: it all kind of changed <laughs> in 99 i feel like w- with eminem that that it was did. Like- yeah
1: that was big but even that i was like that's not cool man yeah. I i don't even, even want to hear White people rap. Um, that's how I kind of felt. Like, yeah. that's that's for them. That's for black people. Like, that's their culture. And that's, like, my friends, black and white. I don't know. Then I just, I don't know. I didn't feel right being, like, the white kid that did that. Mark d- Borat, he was great at that. Like, you were fuck er- it. You were
0: early to not being a cultural appropriator. Yeah. yeah. I'm
1: always really sensitive about yeah, that. I've always right. been sensitive about that. So I didn't want to do that. So I hid music from all my friends. I didn't tell anybody I joined a rock band. So huh. everyone was super like, what? You're in a rock band? Like yeah. You don't even listen to rock music. Yeah, You don't even know. And it's true. I hadn't even listened to any music with distorted guitar until junior year of high school. And I joined a band because I wanted to do that secretly. And what were you doing in the band?
0: Guitar singing, Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> like, what, were, what was your role? I was a singer. You were the singer. But it was
1: it was more. They had approached me, and these were kids that like I didn't even really know in high school. Yeah. But they were like, you know how you did? I had did did a, a slam poem in class. And they're like, you know that poem that you did? Like, can you just do that while we play? Because we yeah. don't have a singer. Yeah. And I, uh, whatever. And I was like, yeah, let's try. it. And right. then I had like certain go to rock songs. That I thought like this is what. It is, and they were like, um, "What the really big sound Soundgarden, <laughs> uh, oh, Black Hole yeah, yeah. Sun." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had like that song and like a few Incubus songs and Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. That I knew I could sing. Yeah. So then I got kind of comfortable doing those, doing those, and we would like cover those. And then the Roots oh, yeah. and like Black Thought, you know, like on a uh, "Do You Want More," he was like really melodic, uh-huh. and there was so much melody in all his rap. So I knew I knew all that shit, and then like. This is, you know, uh Mos Def, Talib Kweli like people started coming out where like hip hop and melody was, was Brown like,
0: Skin oh. Lady. Yeah. got you know, like
1: Black Star and shit. Yeah, yeah, Black yeah. Star, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um so we would play like a lot of that kind of like fusion neo soul hip hop stuff yeah. and then I just got more comfortable with singing, but no one thought I was a good singer and I wasn't like the star of my band in high school or anything like that like the guitar player um he was like the guy. Really, and I, I was just kind of there. Well, I loved he why, was because he was, there? he has, and still to this day, um, he's in San Francisco now. But he's just was an amazing musical talent, um, and I was just kind of I was just happy to be part of it. And I was playing basketball, and that was my thing. And I didn't do music to be cool. It wasn't like for the girls or anything and i didn't even know that that was going to be a part of anything yeah the
0: freak dancing was for the girls not the songwriting
1: you know, you know? yeah so it was just kind of i was happy to be there and be part of music and have like a place i could go we would rehearse we had the garage we had the whole setup sick and then after about a year and a half i started to realize like actually this could be like cool and then i started to merge my worlds and now we had started to have concerts and win all kinds of battle of the bands and we sort of like established ourselves as like the high school Little high school band, you guys were
0: the high school band, and then in my high school, get asked to like play bar mitzvahs and shit, or what?
1: Mm, I don't think we ever did a bar mitzvah, but proms we we had the yeah, we played like we played on the lawn in high school, and we uh we did like the the battle of the bands things, and we won some studio time. And this is back in the day when you had to win studio time, yeah,
0: studio time meant something, Yeah, yeah. So like
1: we had to rehearse, we went and knocked out our songs, and uh, I loved all of it. Yeah, and, and I loved it looking back it was really cool because I just loved doing it I had no it's one thing in my life that I can say it was never any I had no aspiration I just liked doing it Yeah, and I loved being with my friends and then when I started to see the drummer of my band his name was Ben he was more like yo if we do this this and this then we'll get the studio time if we save up this amount of money there's this place we can go and then I started to see that and I was like I'm better at relating to the world than you I should be out there being business minded with it also and so then i kind of like took hold and that's when when i was in college i was like i could really do this and then fully went for it and but you know it took me a long time to figure it out but so when you're in
0: high school is it is it like uh what percentage is basketball what percentage is band and what percentage is like academic shit like what were you known as more or just like the all-around
1: dude you know what i mean I mean, I was just I was a cool kid. Basketball yeah. was everything. Yeah. Basketball was everything. No one even knew I did music until senior year of high school. Oh, okay. So I did I had first my junior year I was in the band, but I didn't um I didn't tell anyone. You were putting it out there. I didn't tell anyone. Yeah. And then I let a few of my friends, I let my girlfriend hear a tape and she was like, Oh my god, Mark, like you're like you're actually good. You have to like yeah. you have to do this and I had no idea. She's like, You're gonna get so much freak dancing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so so, yeah, so I just kind of went for Wait, it. Wait, so you had then, a girl,
0: but you weren't, like, fucking secretly singing her Incubus songs to no. to get it going? No, uh,
1: and I never did any shit like that. Uh, well, that's I, good.
0: I, At least you're not a cornball, then. I'm not. Yeah. You no, know, because Because the, of the, that. When, in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, those were the worst people, or the dudes that, like, bring a guitar to the party and start trying to sing Incubus songs. It's like, man, fuck you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. I didn't start out like that, but yeah. I definitely turned—I had a phase of that. that <laughs> but that was after. That's funny. But— I will say, to me and Matt's credit, Matt was like the very best frat guitar player in the history of America. Yeah. And he can still play. If, if you're an Incubus fan, I fuck with He can play every single Mike Eisinger solo oh, on an acoustic guitar. Yeah, He's like, he can do anything on a guitar. So I always felt comfortable being in any setting because it's like, you guys need to hear. Like, you'll never hear. You'll never sit in a room with someone as good as this as well. kid who can yeah. play this good. And yeah. it really... And that is actually how we got popping, and and we ended up we were, when we were on that like sort of frat little tour. frat yeah. circuit, we played at Chapman, and one of the kids uh, who I had known from before, his dad was from the Talking Heads, Jay Harrison. Oh shit! And he was a producer, and he was like, "You guys are actually tight. Like we would we would go play at his house, and the parties would get crashed, and it would be crazy." He was like, "You should go um, if you have any songs, you know, I'll send them to my dad." So I met with him and we, we ended up, uh, we just got serious. Like I've been in LA for two or three years, like just smoking weed, not doing anything.
0: Yeah. Well, wait, um, hold on. Let's not skip too far ahead. Oh, then. Sorry, uh, sorry. Let's go back to this. Cause that, that, this sounds like the lead into the pathway, I guess. But so after, after high school, you decided you're going to go to Santa Cruz for a year, right? Yeah. And what were, what did you think you were going to do? Like it, before you started chasing the dream, what did you think was the dream?
1: That was weird. I don't know. That's the only time in my life I can say I just didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I was sort of in shock. I had also not to get all depressive and you can it'd be a downer, but I also had like this traumatic head injury in high school. Well, like a TBI. Uh, a what's traumatic that? brain injury? Yeah. So Were I, you like, I, you I like... had ruptured uh, veins behind my right eye in yeah. my brain, and um, how? Like like I got hit in the head, um, not in like a violent way. Ew. I mean a violent act but not I mean not like a wasn't like a fight or yeah, anything. Yeah, like you didn't that. get hit with the baseball. No, bat it was or something playing basketball. Oh, okay. Um and then it had like triggered something in my brain. <laughs> so for six months And this is after, you know, my dad had passed away. My whole community was a small high school community. Everyone knew, like, Mark's dad passed away. And my dad was, like, a strong member of the community, too. And so everyone had kind of been with me through all that. And then this happened to me. So by the middle of junior year, after I had fully come out of that, it was, like, six months of, like, I wasn't in school. They didn't know what was wrong with me. Did you go into, like, a coma for a second? No, I didn't go into a coma, but Uh. I fully had to have brain surgery. Oh. Like, and but I played basketball after it. it was really weird. But there was like a month period where they're like, We don't know what's in your brain. Yeah. Like it's bad. Yeah. And so I was it was just like you know, and I have so many women in my family. They're all women. Yeah. And they're all in the hospital and it was uh shout out to women everywhere. I love them all. But they uh <laughs> they're more emotional and it was just so much to deal with that I kinda that was just another thing and just like my dad, which had happened like three years prior. Uh-huh. And it—that's actually when music really kicked up. Was because after that, it was like this basketball shit is like I'm not—I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to play. And my kind of like high school community sort of let me off the hook. After junior year, it was like when I went to sign up for classes. Senior, I was like, I'm not taking math. They're like, you don't have to take math, Mark. You don't have to do shit. Just like don't That'll just get better. Yeah, like don't do anything crazy and like don't turn into. A psycho your senior year and just be smooth. And yeah. I was always smooth. I, I never got like terrible grades and I was, you know, not good enough in most classes. So I, I really, that was great. Like yeah. I had a really supportive community that even supported like when I started doing music and showing people like trying to help me out and people, because they had known in where I come, you know, where I come from, where I went to high school at least is a nice place and people, it's not like that many kids that have to go through losing a parent all that type of shit so brain people and yeah all and all things. that so people kind of had they looked out for you they yeah people looked out for me and um and so you go to santa cruz
0: just kind of like because that's what you're supposed to do you're just supposed to go to college right yeah
1: i was like this is the only college i got into uh that was good and i i, I always had a like i didn't want to go to San Diego State because right. I felt like that was I was too smart for that or something yeah. even though I wasn't but
0: damn You just called San Diego State way the fuck out. Well, it
1: was easier to get into I mean <laughs> oh, I, I yeah. always had a oh, sense st- so you got
0: accepted there too or something. Yeah you, Yeah, it yeah. was
1: like between I was like I want to go to a UC school like that's better than yeah, a state yeah. school But right. I have plenty of friends my roommate went to San Diego State. He's smarter than me So it's not it's not a knock on a state school or whatever, <laughs> right? But right. I had a uh, you know, I had uh, the opportunity to go financially so I was like, "Fucking, I'm gonna go to Santa Cruz and see what happens." But Santa Cruz is a really cool place, actually. Like, I would love to go back there now and go to college. Yeah. But at the time, it just I just smoked pot just two, all yeah. day, and I was in the hippiest of hippie. Right. It's called Kresge. Yeah. In Santa Cruz, and I was like, you know, the kid with the I was like a wigger, and with all the the hippies. Yeah. So I was really out of place. Oh shit. But I love that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, like they, man,
0: shit, I might just grow dreads this year.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> no I can never <laughs> do that. But they taught me a lot. I learned a lot about music. Uh, like that's when I learned about fish. No, oh. they're like they would not like fish where I was. Really? they would like the Clash. Oh, okay, yeah. the Ramones. Yeah, um, like.
0: Had you picked up a guitar at this point
1: already? No. Okay. So still no. I still don't play guitar. You'll see. Like oh. I know like six chords, and I just get down. I, I get seen down. you
0: outside strumming on, and I was like, "Oh, cool! No, play guitar. No. Here
1: we go." Not really. Yeah. Um. Just enough to like write and make my own songs. Just enough but, to look pretty
0: on camera for the ladies. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs>
1: um. But. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it was just a good like that was a good time. I was really like nice to people out yeah. in that during that year, and I made some of my best connections that hold to this day. And yeah. you know, like the way I've been able to navigate L.A. and the music industry has a lot to do with the relationships I made. So did in the band?
0: Did the band guys stick with you? Like, were you still some of the guys from the band at Santa Cruz? Were you guys still playing? Or like, how how does it jump from like here? I am in college, smoking weed and chilling. To
1: fuck it, I'm gonna move to L.A. and make this shit for real. So th- this uh, the guitar player. He, matt, he, said? Matt, yeah. he was in uh washington uh-huh. uh state at uh university of washington and i was calling him like i don't know man like i don't like college i just want to go to la we knew this one producer that we thought like he could he would do something yeah. he would like change our life and matt was like yeah i'd play guitar all day i don't do anything but play guitar up here I'm not he was in a frat but he wasn't really into it either so we both did you did. go
0: did you join a frat too no uh-huh. there's no frats at san cruz oh, Okay. Just,
1: um so we both decided like we'll leave and move to la and we just did it and we didn't really where'd you guys move to uh Lancashire boulevard and Lancashire victory okay well this is in like 2005 uh-huh so this is a really long time ago and um It was fucked up out there at the time. (laughs) It was like nasty. I lived with all like drug addicts and psychos, and it was cool. It was you know good. Like yeah, it was like whoa. It was like real life. It was like real life. All of a sudden, coming from you know something much cushier, yeah, Yeah. and like there was like six of us in the two bedroom, smoking smoking blunts. So then I started collecting people to play music with Uh because this is still like. I w- this we were on our band shit so like if you could play we had an awesome drummer he was uh from Stockton this, this dreaded kid named Rick. shout out Stockton shout out Brian Awkwards Peoples uh, I know, you know you I know, know Awkwards awkward, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know of him yeah. yeah there you go um so it was just that that whole time period was so fun that was like that was a time when we would like I worked on a moving truck three days a week and I would make. Bread, like really, yeah. Tips the moving truck, truck, yeah. It's like 120 bucks in cash, you know. After the thing, and sometimes I would work, like I worked 36 straight hours one time and made like 1,200 dollars. My my rent was probably like 280 dollars or something. Wow,
0: that's cheap. Because you were living with six other dudes, yeah. And
1: dudes. and because you know, I could always hit my mom, and be like, "Mom, I need 100 mm-hmm. dollars." She was always cool. Like mm-hmm. I never, I was never tripping on money. She lived, was supportive of the dream. Yeah, all the way supportive, and I was cheap. You mm-hmm. know, I wasn't going to school anymore. Right. So no one had to like worry about paying for my education. Uh-huh. So, do you uh, guys start
0: playing out around LA? So, did yeah, opening so gigs we did Sean
1: Healy shows? First, we did uh, the open mic circuit, and Sean Healy, we were never accepted by any music community, yeah, period. Same. Yeah. Because we weren't. We were so weird because we're from, because I didn't want to be like a rapper and part of hip hop and I didn't know about rock shit really. It was just our music was, looking back, it was the strangest shit. It was like me trying to be like on my poetry slam lyrics, but with sometimes like really poppy sounding shit Uh and with like a really intricate incubus guitar style like math rock with fucking poetry sort of. slam or something yeah. yeah like it was i don't know if it was good dude. yeah right <laughs> but it was it was different do you have any of those old tapes laying around yeah you ever listen yeah. to them and be like what the no. fuck no Re- oh, we did in the car the other day uh. i think they're i think they're tight but yeah I don't, I don't know if josh what he thought but but when we would do the open mic shit we would kill every time and so we would go there was this place called highland grounds yeah that uh was like a big open mic and that's where all the john mayors were at and all the like J- <laughs> all Jason Mraz yeah. and that type of shit yeah. that we were talking about that's not cool. Yeah. You know, in that setting that makes you like one it's like grades against you sort mm-hmm. of. Uh-huh. And I think we were refreshing in that scene because I can't sing as good as that blonde kid with the guitar but, there was, like, but like, some me and, sort and my of guy. That you had. Yeah, we had a thing so we'd always get invited back and like you should play a show here and then we started doing the colleges and getting you know, every one of my friends was in college at the time. Uh, like around California somewhere. So we would go to the frat parties and then we started to just... I had like a little moving caravan around me and it mm-hmm. was really a scene and it was really... It was fucking cool. Like mm-hmm. I had really talented people around me and then I started pick up musicians from LA and we'd play in my house eight hours a day. Like music would be banging in my house. I got evicted. The apartment caught on fire. Oh shit. We would just like fry chicken and smoke blunts all day. The hood would come out and fuck with us too. Like I made all these friends with these like Brim's Blood gangsters in Echo Park and they would drive all the way out to the valley because the vibes were so strong and they'd be like man I just like coming fucking with y'all and like they would freestyle whatever it was just like really good energy around us and really musical the guy who lived underneath us he was a a public finance consultant um, like in the in the huge Citibank building in downtown LA, He was like 27. But he played djembe. Oh yeah. He's he a West African. I mean, he's from here, but he was a his parents are West African. And every day he would like he would get home from work, come right upstairs. We would pass him the blunt. He would start playing drums and like join the circle, and it like led him all the way to join my band, and quit his job. Oh shit. And he was 28, and yeah. I was 18. You know, yeah. like the bass player. He was a young professional. He was 26. He was in advertising. He started to come around. He was nasty on the bass. Um, He quit his job. So people believed in you. (laughs) Yeah, so people just were around. They believed in us. And we took it to the house the first try. Like, we fucking we kind of cultivated a little fan base it wasn't big but it was like hot girls what was the group name it was called 2am club okay and uh we got a record deal when i was like 23
0: yeah so Mm -hmm. how does that happen because here's the thing is that i I don't know this is the most i've I've ever learned about you obviously like Mm -hmm. i I didn't do a lot of research so but i kind of thanks a lot man no i don't (laughs) research anyone so so it makes the conversations go better Jerk. Right. But, yeah, okay. no, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I, I, I did kind of figure that you're probably like tied into the industry somehow, like maybe like uh, songwriting with people and shit like yeah. that. And
1: and so, yeah, how does your first soiree into the industry happen? So the first soiree was we got with Jerry Harrison and we made three songs. And these are like 2008. This is 2008, 2009. Yeah. And we, uh, we made like three or four songs. I wrote a song called Worry About You. And we had a song called Flashing Room and a song called Let Me Down Easy, and they were just like pop, pop, but they were cool. And yeah. we had a rapper in the group, too, who was extremely fucking good. What was his name? His name's Tyler Cordy. Uh-huh. He would have he served anyone in the Bay, in the white boy battle rap community, for sure. He was from Seattle, and he was like a heavy hip hop kid at first but he kind of had the same thing as me like he didn't wasn't with the appro- appropriation thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he wanted to be more part of like a pop thing mm-hmm. and this all was going on and this was brewing into like a boy band but i had no idea because that was the farthest thing from how i viewed myself ever because like i said like i never did music for the girls they didn't like me for that it was nothing that kind of shit didn't it didn't occur to me mm-hmm. that i was like turning myself into a boy band and Something happened where like we were doing funky like Chili Peppers music and we were dressed like <laughs> like terribly like in baggy cargo shorts and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird time, right? Yeah. Like yeah. two thousand yeah, yeah, like six and seven, like no one yeah, it was like the the, Abercrombie and Fitch shit. Yeah, like of. if you could yeah, sort of, something in there. Like the bag. And, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And we, Like, Baggy cargo shorts. Yeah. We terrible. met We met this guy who was like, You guys write good songs. We met Jerry and he was like, You guys write good songs like pop songs you need to like do that but you need to like change your image and i never even thought about image also so it was like
0: that's a big difference between like the underground indie scene and then when you get tied into the labels it's like but this wasn't
1: even labeled like underground kids we weren't underground kids either we were like we were just in this weird with just this weird thing that existed like underground kids know what they're doing right. like we they define themselves by how they dress right but we're like the kids like i was a, a little basketball kid yeah. you know i, I had, you had been Adidas, used to Adidas getting shines
0: on and shit.
1: yeah kind of i was more like that <laughs> yeah. like if that would be if i got, if i was touching some money i was going to like the nike store and getting right. getting something like that right right um so He tells you, you guys got to touch your hands. So he's like, Yeah, so I'm like, Okay. So I just went. We all went for it and like put the skinny jeans on and the V neck and the blazer and then it just like worked. Whoa, V neck
0: and blazer. That was a very 2006 thing right there. Yeah, so that's
1: terrible. I'm ashamed of that. But was it like a violet blazer? No. (laughs) But I would have done that. What (laughs) color was the blazer? Black for sure. Okay. But we did all that shit and then we kind of, we were like, we were like a more advanced boy band where everyone in my band could play, could really play though. Yeah, like and they still we're not together obviously anymore. All that fell apart, but everyone was really good at their craft and super dedicated. And all of that shit fucked us up. And the fact that there was, was the, six the, the of Im- us. The
0: image stuff or what, what do you mean?
1: Yeah, kind of because it st- started to be like we s- sort of just wanted to write. We got into that thing like we need hits, you know. And well, so well, so you guys set your image up and then you get signed. Who signs you? We started to do this thing that they don't doesn't really exist anymore called showcasing. Oh yeah, where these labels fly you out to New York City. Right. This is like in 2010. And then you play small little you, shows, not even a, yeah, like that, and yeah. like just the label comes and like right. Andre Harrell is like sitting in a armchair right in front of me. Yeah, and, I feel
0: like they used to do that at the Viper Room a lot,
1: and the, and that, and like we would pack out. There's a place called the Derby is what uh-huh. it was called. Uh-huh. And we had a residency there. It was called the Tiny Porno Residency. Uh-huh. Okay. Advanced name. So we were advanced in like cool ways, but no one they just saw a boy band. Uh-huh. Um but we packed that shit out and then labels started coming and seeing that. And that would we started to get like three or four hundred people to like shows consistently only in LA. And we had never really toured much or anything. Um and when people started to see, when they heard the songs from the labels, heard the songs, you know, we met a lawyer who like would send send his shit out to A and R's or whatever. The songs got passed around. And then all of a sudden, like I was, I had never been to New York City, and I was like in there going wilding out in the hotels and having fun and being a kid and um, partying and doing all these showcases. And we just we got, ended up getting like six offers. It was like a bidding war for a 2 A.M. Club, and we ended up signing with uh, RCA, and we put out our, you know, we went through all that, and then we put out our debut album. We had a, a, a song on the Top 40 that was Worry A-da. About You, and we were oh, touring. Shit. We were out there, like, we're still, our lane was so confusing, because we had a rapper, we were all white, we looked like a boy band, but the vocalist, that's me, had a soulful voice. The lyrics were, like, deep at times. It was really confusing for everybody. And what year was the Top 40 hit? 2010.
0: No shit. Yeah. Would I would I recognize it if I heard it? it Wasn't
1: in Cali, but uh-huh. it, the the week that it broke top forty, our entire radio staff got fired uh. and moved to Warner. So it's like a lot of shit like wait, that.
0: Oh wait, moved to Warner.
1: Yeah. Did you know Dave Dyer? Yeah, that was our that was him. Get yeah. the fuck out! Hey, yeah. that's my dude. That's your dude. Yeah, I'll, 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 uh, he's such a good guy. Ask him about Two m Club. He'll tell you like no we, shit. we were
0: raw. Dude, Warner, like his whole clique that moved over to, over to Warner, they're like the yeah. fucking radio G's, dog. They yeah. kill it with radio promo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shout out Dave Dyer. Uh, that's crazy. So he was at RCA and pu- pushing that record, and then and then they all get fired because that's what happens in the industry. It's is not like, that they got fired. They, they always, someone came shoot. in, yeah, yeah. Clean He's,
1: House. The guy who came in, he was like, I don't know if I fuck with 2M Club. Right. He fucked with this other band, Hot Show Ray. Yeah. You know, and they had this. They had a hit. With him and then we were just kind of stuck in the middle and that's what happens is like one staff hires you and then they play musical
0: chairs within the industry and jump to another label and then you get lost in the shuffle because they can't bring you with you because you're under contract
1: exactly right so that's that's what happened and then but really everyone in my band had a slight mental disorder seriously and still probably does including myself and it was just too many people and everyone was good and everyone wanted to write and do everything and have input on everything. And it got, no one would listen to me. No one would really listen to anybody. And so we were just like, we didn't have a leader. Uh-huh. I wasn't ready to be a leader at that time either. I was just trying to figure And you were like the, one of the younger guys in the band too, right? Mm-hmm. Or no? Well, we were all, this. I was actually the youngest member of the band. There's was only, by the time we had gotten signed and everything, we had one, our bass player was older. Yeah uh by a few years but everyone else was within like a one or two year range um but it was just we didn't we didn't fit into anything and to a lot and to a certain extent i still don't and i look back and i realize like it was actually me if i had really just played the role it probably would have been easier but i've never been willing to do that you know i can only be myself right um to the point where i don't give a fuck like if it ruins my whole If I go down swinging for myself, I'm fine with that. And even now, but at least when you're by yourself, when you're on your own, especially with the way music is now, it's like I feel way more comfortable with myself and I know what type of music I can make and where I fit in now. And at that time, I just hadn't had enough experience So you don't think
0: you had found your voice yet, really?
1: I hadn't found my voice. And if I was trying to find my voice, that was not... The right, the right context to do it Absolutely. yeah because yeah. it was like we're writing a smash and it's yeah. like big huge synth lines and hooks going through everything and right. i more so needed to like the way that i got out of it was by going all the way back to like boom bat like 90s hip-hop and yeah. just rapping again so really. like when i would be home away from my band i would just start recording raps like fucking 64 bars bang bang and yeah and just going and like getting back in touch with the bay area music scene yeah the band thing was amazing and it taught me everything i know about music and song structure and how to do all that just
0: real quick did you like make a call or did it just fizzle fizzle away like did you did, did you call and be like hey guys i'm out
1: i did i emailed but that that was only like a year ago oh really so it kind of like we held on like we were we made a whole second album that never came out really yeah, and but that, were you happy during that process? I mean, it was fun because the label rented us a huge house up, mm. up in the hills, mm-hmm. and we, so we got to live that life. Like, so we you were in, still with RCA. This is we were still with RCA, but oh, yeah. then they weren't like they weren't going in for us. We had a song with Big Sean called "Mary," mm-hmm. that was a smash. If you go listen to it, you'd be like, if I put it on right now, it'd be a smash today. Mm-hmm. But the label um, couldn't get Big Sean behind it. Um, even though we had toured with him and we knew him, but I don't know, it's all love. Like, I don't, I, you? I don't have any, like, yeah. I wish he would have co-signed the song and really rocked with it because it was a good song, but he didn't. Yeah, And he was at that phase too. I'm sure he was like, he was going kind of pop. That's when he had first put out his first like single and he was coming from like underground hip hop right. shit. I think he was so like, he was I don't just know if I can rock artist, with these like, white boys, right. like with this whole image, this whole thing, like. I don't know if he thought that was a look for him at the time. Wait, what year was that 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 got made? This is like 2013. Oh, wow. So you, this is like real fresh then. Yeah, this is 12 maybe. 2012. No, it could be 13. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, so he, he did that and then the song got leaked and then he was pissed. You know, he tweeted uh, like, get the business right or some shit. And How did you guys end up on tour with him? That was before because mm. we toured everywhere with Mike Posner. That was oh, like our tour buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was super popping at the time. And yeah. him and Big Sean were always touring together. So right. everyone in the industry knows Two AM Club. If right. you're an A and R, like you probably at one point thought Two AM Club was a pretty was, solid band. was next up or something. Yeah, right? yeah. And so, um, so within yeah, so I've kind of grown up in the industry right. in a way. So I know about this shit. You know, I know about the music business. And so when I got back. When the band started to fizzle was when people didn't want to hang out anymore. That's right. when you know it's bad. Like yeah. when cats just don't really want to get together. Mm-hmm. And cats start staying at home longer than they're supposed to. I'm going to spend an extra weekend wherever I'm at. And then for me, luckily, my friends that I had made from the Bay Area who had moved to L.A., straight from the Bay to L.A., who were like a few years younger, they were starting to pop off. And that was like Bobby Bracken's and Nick Knack and they were doing like the producing writing thing more so. So I got back here and I didn't know what to do. I knew my band was fizzling out and it wasn't going anywhere. But I didn't I didn't have my own solo career carved out at all. But I was really good friends with this kid, Nick Knack, um, producer, and he's like, bro so I would start working with him doing weird songs and he's like, yo, I got Sean Kingston at the house right now. He's uh, he's cutting one of your songs. So I go over to the house sean kingston's there and then we work on this song beat it this was like two years ago mm-hmm. he, do you remember that song yeah vaguely
0: i feel like sean kingston is like still pretty low-key influential in the industry huh or something yeah. like it seems like he has his hands in a lot of shit
1: he's a smart motherfucker right and, and he's talented um yeah. you know i could say a lot of shit about him but i mean i don't i wasn't that a big part of beat it i was right. just kind of there yeah. and i was like oh so like songwriting yeah, like, that's what I'm gonna do, and right. that was like something that I was really comfortable. With. Like, give me a beat and give me like an hour, and I'll I'll cook something up. So did you
0: get out? Or did you get out of the deal with the band? Like, you... no. So
1: at this time, we're still in the band. I'm still like flying to do dry shows at like colleges that still want to pay us, like cash us out, whatever, yeah. like seventy five hundred, ten right. racks or something. Like yeah. we'll go fly and play the show because we did have fans, you know, and we had you know videos with a million plus plays and all that type of shit. So we were like somewhat relevant still but we all knew because we just didn't want to do music together you just weren't vibing with each other that was the bottom line we just didn't want to do it together um so at that at that point yeah i was just i was trying to figure it out and i just started writing and then i met with nick i met this girl pia mia she's turning into a superstar you guys just had something on like fader or something together right well, she jumped on one of my songs, but she has she has a top 40 song now. It's called Do It Again. Yeah. Oh, the, and she samples that uh, uh, J-book. J-Book. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the or, like flipped the J-Book. Yeah. Show. So we met her when she was 16. Yeah. And Nima, who owns uh, Pink Dolphin clothing yeah. company, right, he, right. he had heard her. She was modeling for a lookbook for Pink Dolphin. And he was like, <clears throat> yo, there's this girl. I heard her sing. Like, I heard she's a really dope singer. I'm going to bring her by the studio. Nick had just produced half of Sean Kingston's album, so he's like starting to really heat up. I had got like a little small percentage on Beat It and I had on and on another song called Shot to Love with two chains on it. And we were in the studio with Chris Brown and shit. So I was like, there's something over here. So the band thing, is fizzling, but I got this writing thing. This is cool. And I like it. And mm-hmm. I love Nick Knack's a superstar producer. Genius. So like being around him, I never was around someone that I that I, that I really like I saw in that light to that extent as him so are you guys like a writing production
0: team now? we're roommates bit. now roommates yeah well cause here's the thing that and I talked about this briefly on a podcast I did a couple weeks ago with, with um, this gal Penny but like there's like this whole uh culture in, in the industry that a lot of like outside kids who like like kids that listen to music don't know about this but there are just like teams around that like oh, yeah. there's a dude that produces and maybe he has a couple songwriters that they sit there and knock out demos all day and then shop them to people yeah are, of you, course. are you guys kind of doing that
1: now well that's what we were doing yeah yeah so we but really pia when you were in
0: 2am club were you guys having to do that where they're like flying you out to meet with various producers all the
1: time well and that's shit? the other thing that fucked it up yeah we were capable of doing everything by yourselves but right We stopped. We Uh. splintered off. And me and the other vocalists, we would go work with all these producers, hit makers, and the rest of the band was like, you guys suck for that. That's really where we killed it, was the label being like, you should go work with this producer and this producer instead of making us a real band. And we had always been a real band. And our live show was always better than our records because our live show had integrity, and no one could fuck with our live show. The haters that hated us... When they saw us live, they were like, "Whoa, you guys are like the yeah, killers! Like, like right, you guys right. are a real fu- fucking yeah, band. Right. What are you doing? Right. Like why haven't you just got in a room and recorded your shit? How you play it? And right. you've done it? Right. You didn't even need all the auto tune and all that type of you know? But yeah. we wanted to be pop, so that's kind of is what killed Two AM Club. Probably mm-hmm. it was that we splintered off and just stopped being a band. When that was our actual strong suit was musicianship and and songwriting, but.
0: So just within the last couple of years, you start basically becoming your own production team with with, with Nick. So or, no, so yeah, so
1: yeah. me and yeah, me and Nick started cooking all the time, yeah. and then and then that was happening. I was like, okay, this is really tight. I'm gonna see like where this could take me. But it wasn't uh, the best thing that was happening was like people. I was singing Pia's demos, and like big, you know, the big shots were coming through for Pia, and Pia's popping. She has a million Instagram followers at the time. Like she's growing. And she's, labels are coming through and they're like, oh, who's singing all this shit? And it's uh-huh. always me and I'm always in the corner tucked off because right. it's not my operation anymore. I'm totally fine to like take a back and, seat yeah, to Nick.
0: You're good with like the egos in check and you don't yeah. even care about the fucking credit. Like, it's yeah. just, well, just like, chilling. get it done. Like, get I'm it just, done. yeah,
1: I'm just having fun really. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that I like just landed on my feet somewhere where like you're professional, so- awesome, right. high level shit is right. getting cooked up because right. that's where I want to be is around talent. Right. And there I'm, living with the best producer in rap music period in my opinion right so he's right there and then but then what happened was nick made loyal and i had no part in loyal and then that took him like you know all the way all of a sudden he made the biggest song in the country oh wow so and he made that i'm sitting right there like in the bedroom and then that kind of got me like, how, well, how does that song get? He made the beat for it, and then did he write it too, or like what no, I ty ty wrote it oh, with yeah, Bobby yeah. Brackens and, okay. and sent through. That's you know my my bro. Yeah, sent through the acapella, and it was on like another knickknack beat. Yeah, and then Nick like kind of like on a like a demo beat sort of that he had done, and then he cooked up the the smash, you know, right. around it. And right. I kind of also saw like maybe even though I am doing somewhat good like writing. I still... My pocket, like, my perfect lane pocket isn't writing, you know, r and bass like, Power 106 music. Like, I can do it, but it's not... Like, it's working out for Nick and these cats better than it is for me. I don't really have... I haven't wrote a smash yet. Right. So, except, like, the Pia stuff is going good. I'm doing all her stuff, because that's, like, more pop. So then I was just like, fuck it. I met Josh again. We had grown up together, and he he starts being like getting in my ear like i'm gonna manage you we you got to get out of this ban- have you been ban- managing situation. anybody else no Or like he, wh- where he, did that idea was, come from i don't know he he had been doing uh like finance like slaving and he got tired of it and he was living in vegas and like pers- he was like an amateur semi-pro golfer also get out my manager chachi um and he Gosh, was you're so athletic yeah, he is it's crazy
0: it's he's weird. sitting in the room guys that's what i'm talking like, about him. okay proceed. <laughs> but
1: he kind of was getting in my ear like do you like just be yourself you're right you know even knickknack like everything that he has that's great but don't don't do that all day you have to find your own shit and i'm you're gonna right. rock with you and as ever since i had him and we started going off and then i'd be like i'd be making demos and be like that could be my song too you know and then finally we were like fuck it let's drop something on soundcloud so i did it and i i did like a straight if you go all the way to the bottom of my soundcloud the first song is called Andy Griffith mm-hmm. if you want to know if marky Basie has bars go to the first first two or three songs it's all hip hop mm-hmm. you know straight like 16 bar verses with a little singing hook mm-hmm. the first one has no hook people kind of fucked with it a little bit and then i made a weird song called chemical high that was more like interesting production and uh it was produced by and that's where Count Basie comes in someone I'd also grown up with but hadn't ever connected with musically but Mm -hmm. someone I just knew who would send me beats and so I put out this song called Chemical High and I just I remember I came home one day it was like a really bad day I was like damn my shit got like like 711 plays today versus like 30 plays a day for all the other songs Mm -hmm. like I know it's not shit, but I was like, that's kind of tight. Like, Mm -hmm. someone other than my immediate friend circle checked for this song. Then the next day I was like, damn, I got like, you know, 1,100 plays today. And it kind of just like grew. Yeah. So then I was like, this is, we're going to do this. So me and Josh were like, okay, you're going to be a songwriter, but we're going to just work this SoundCloud shit and see where the SoundCloud shit kind of takes you. Right. And it's just kind of started bubbling, just started growing. And I started getting, uh, I started just realizing like, okay, Marky Basie is gonna be an artist. That's gonna be something you actually do. And so while you're not while you're you're building like this network of musical resources by writing for other people and now I have like I have I got a bunch of random credits, like I've written on for some pop, Alan Stone I mean, uh, for some Pop P and Mia shit, but also like Alan Stone. That's hey, like, we
0: did a Knox City thing with Alan Stone. That's my dog. Yeah, yeah, I did
1: I did a song on his last album called Guardian Angel. Yeah, he's he's dope,
0: man. He's a really cool guy, too. Amazing talent. Yeah, great band.
1: Great, yeah. He's a fucking insane yeah, singer and guitar yeah, player. Yeah. So I was doing shit like, I'm over here with him, like, with these kind of producers, with these kind of producers. So I have this network of people that it's, again, like a community around me. Like, they fuck with me, you know, Mm -hmm. so I can call on people. Like, can I get studio time over here? Like, me and Josh always make sure, like, we're cool. We're down with the engineers, like the people that that we we take care of people they yeah, take care
0: of us oh I, I yeah exactly i always say like i like to uh ask for favors and not leave any footprints on the carpet you know what i mean so like you know people always know like oh yeah if they come in that they'll be respectful and treat shit good and they leave it how they left it you know what yeah. I mean? and like i don't know yeah it's definitely one of those things where like if you if you never leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth you can always get favors pulled yeah so that's
1: kind of that's kind of where it was and that takes us to like the past year i guess and then me and count basie just really were like I was like bro You need to come down to LA And he's like no I'm not doing that He He was still up in the bay He was designing clothes For Thrasher
0: Oh really Mm -hmm. Wait isn't Thrasher Based down in
1: uh,
0: Carlsbad or something I don't know. Or, uh, he he
1: was designing in San Francisco. Okay. And he was up there. He was doing. Uh, he had his own clothing company. He was designing. He wasn't making very much money. Yeah. But he was doing smooth. And he was just like, I don't fuck with like doing music for life. He's like one of those kind of people. He didn't think that was like a realistic option. A realistic thing. Yeah. It's not really. <laughs> it isn't.
0: It's not. I'm don't, always trying. Don't, to, don't do it. I'm always trying to preach that to the listeners. Like, yeah, don't, don't do it. Find another interesting way to take be involved. I yeah. always tell people the smarter route is the, is what this guy's doing. What Josh is doing. Like, He's a smart motherfucker. That's so. the that's the real route is get get into some management. <laughs> it's,
1: no, it's true. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Um, but if you're an artist, find a manager who only fucks with you. Right. Exactly. That's the only because that's what me and Josh have. That I notice other artists don't have that, and you can have the big. I have a big boss manager too, but like me and Josh are like that's you know we're one team and like having someone who, if you're an artist, you need someone to like tell you that. You're good, right? Know someone that really rides for you. That shit's really important. Um, So, I don't know the music. I just started to find a sound, and Count Count Basie is just a really talented producer. And then I also have Knick Knack. Is you know we sleep his rooms right next to my room, so I'm around him here. No. What? Nothing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Back to that again. We we sleep. No, no, I'm I'm just saying, like, we're, like, we turn turn up together every day. You know, I I live in this, in a, in like a a sort of advanced musical commune shelter where a lot of shit goes down. It's in the crib. Like, it's in his room. Yeah. My other, uh, it's called the back house Mm -hmm. where we live, and it's always a party in there. It's crazy. That's dope. But a lot of, like, we probably sold, like, I mean, Loyal, Ayo, the Chris Brown Tiger joint, yeah. Bitches in Marijuana, like, all those joints got made right next, you know. That's so crazy. My wall is, like, right there, yeah, mixing yeah. there, making those. All of Pia's music got made there, Pia's, like, Pia's going to be she's the next up. Rihanna. I mean, that like, song, she's Do It crazy. Again, is,
0: like, always yeah. on the radio right now.
1: hmm Yeah. We've made that there, you know? Yeah. and Yeah. Uh, it's funny, because I,
0: <laughs> I have this uh, big uh, Uso homie, like, this big Samoan dude, AG, yeah. shout-out AG, and uh, we travel on photo shoots a lot to... Let the, together and he like heavy fucks with like modern reggae so he's always playing j-bug shit yeah and so that's the only reason i knew that song is i don't really i'm not really involved in that scene too much and and uh so i hear the PMEA version and i like the and i'm like wait I, I know this song and i hit him up like i'm like oh shit ag i'm like are, are you fucking stoked that that song's on the radio or are, are, you, are, you, are you are you pissed uh, yeah. and i and um but he also well uh anyway he he's uh I was like are you stoked that fucking your blood Chris Brown is on that shit too or what and he's like nah man that shit's dope I I fucks with it he's like anything to get the music out there like he's hyped on it yeah I just
1: I would say for the record too I just spent a week riding with J-Bug and this band the Comic Kings in Miami Yeah, and we turned up for 7 straight days no sleep full fucking gallons of Uh Tangeray and everything and like we, you know, J-Bug is incredible. Yeah. And so so is this band, The Common Kings. and They have such a I fucking have, huge
0: loyal fan base. Yeah, and
1: I really respect that music. And, like, the reason that uh, we've probably written, like, 100 songs with Pia for Pia. And uh-huh. the reason that we did that <clears throat> is because that was her favorite song. And we all fucked with that song. And we were trying to figure out a way to, like, interpolate it. But I was honestly, as a writer myself, I was like, to have, it's more, it has more integrity to just cover the shit and give him his fucking, you know, break him off, that yeah. publishing. Yeah. And we did. And then we contacted him and he was down with it. And he lives in the Bay. So he knows we're all from the Bay. So it's all love. He's from Compton though, but J-Book is. Oh, no uh, sure. yeah, Yeah. He, so he's from down here, but <clears throat> he fucks with the Bay and the Bay fucks with him heavy. I mean, the whole world does now. And I got to hear his new album too. His album is insane. Like, dope. it is going to make fans out of non-reggae dope. fans, too. So, Hell yeah. you know, we, uh I fully, you know, I love his music, and I'm glad that that didn't go the other way, where people are like, fuck you. But Pia, no, Pia I, has I a lot say, of integrity, my, too, yeah. as an artist, so it... Yeah, it went the way it was supposed to. My,
0: my friends that are into the modern reggae scene, they fuck with the PMEA version of it, and they're happy about it. So dope. there you go. Um, yeah, that's dope. So yeah, you're, you f- you start finding your own voice, and how do you start navigating like into like? Did you already have PR on deck, and like would be, like, or did you guys have to rebuild from scratch?
1: No, yeah, we just fully rebuilt yeah. everything. Yeah. Me, and, me and Josh done everything. I had a publishing deal as a writer. Yeah. Um, so, I knew like. A&Rs and stuff And I started to tell people Like I'm gonna do This artist stuff too We played like A little residency Me and Knickknack Did like Three or four shows In the Bay together There was like 700 people Like fucking Crazy Like Damn. energy Yeah And then I got I just really got back To basics with the Bay HBK g Anything that's happening In the Bay You know all of them Just fully embraced Like I could never Get the Bay to embrace My band Yeah Because it was just Too much weird shit Going on yeah. and they were like Come on bro Like what yeah. So, Did you
0: come up knowing G, Easy and HBK guys and all that? Uh, or is it just like I mean, sort recently of. Recently met <clears> them.
1: <throat> I met them in the last like five years. Okay. G, I I met in the last like two years or something. But, yeah. But um, but me and Nick go back a long time now. Right. Um, but I'm like you know like two years older than that than this whole, the new Bay Area scene. But they've just fully like embraced my music, and yeah. so because I have the Bay with me it's the best like you know i can at any time like we can go we can tour together i'm about to go out with Kalani. oh yeah i did a joint with Kalani like a year ago before she was really popping that yeah. was like one of her most popular songs i've
0: been trying to reach out to their squad forever to get her on here so yeah. put in a good word if you have a good time they are actually our dude pell is on the road with her right yeah pell pell yeah. Pel lives
1: next door to the basie house oh no shit yeah we live in the same. yeah we had him on great kid i love pell yeah that yeah. was really dope yeah uh so yeah you just put out a project though right So I, yeah so I put out East, I put out a a mixtape like a year ago yeah. and then that was called uh what the fuck is that Only the Poets uh-huh. <laughs> um and <clears throat> that shit was dope different we shot two videos for it and that that's when we started to get like real SoundCloud following and real plays and people talking about it and blogs writing about it and then we started working with Michelle and just she kind of helped us really Pop it off, and uh, now we got this new thing that just came out. Like, I don't know, a month it's, and a half, month, two months ago. Nah, less longer than that. East Hollywood only came out a month and a half ago. No way. Yeah,
0: I think so. It's pretty fucking new, man.
1: Yeah, so you know, I met up with Kendrick. I played it for him before it came out. He yeah. fucked with all my songs. He's such a solid. Fucking how does guy. how does that how does something like that get hooked up? That's just more like you know, my homegirl been grinding out here. <clears throat> for a while, and she works at with TDE and Interscope. Mm-hmm. Ashley Narnes, Chelsea. Oh, okay, never mind. She does a uh, and r for like TDE for, yeah. for Schoolboy and for right. Kendrick, and she had just played in my music. And you know, it's always been easier. Like real hip hop heads fuck with my music more than like who you would think. Yeah, yeah. Like they understand me more. Yeah. Because that's what I grew up listening to. And Kendrick's someone that I really like. Well, when I yeah go ahead sorry sorry oh
0: i was gonna say when i listened to the project i felt i I could tell that you had a rap background somewhere
1: like i felt Mm -hmm. like oh this
0: is a dude who probably started as a rapper who realized that there's no fucking there's not the right road for him or the right inlay there for the rap and also knew he could sing and has developed that over time yeah you know what i mean exactly yeah so
1: so well put yeah i don't know but anyway so kendrick hears it so, yeah, Kendrick hears it, and he was just like, you know, I fuck with it. And that meant a lot to me just to, like, he's, like, listen to 10 of my songs. Like, yeah. I've been in, in sessions with Chris Brown, and, like, you can't really play Chris Brown a song. He's going to play you five hours of amazing music and, like, sing and dance. And you're just going to be like, oh, my God, this motherfucker is crazy. Yeah. But Kendrick was like, just play, you know, play yeah. your shit, whatever. <laughs> he's not going to play you what he's working on. Right. It's like the opposite. Top secret. Yeah. So I, I played him my shit, and he was into it, and... That was a good just, like, you know. I mean, I don't need someone to, like, co-sign my shit to feel good about it. And I didn't even know he was going to tweet anything about it. But it still feels good when someone you
0: respect respects you back, you know. And
1: he's one of those people that, you know, to me, in the music industry, there's always, like, I'm at an interesting age. Because the kids, like, music is dumbed down. It gets more and more dumbed down every year. Like, from the... You know, from musical, from classical music, from the only way you could see music 500 years ago was to go watch a symphony to now it's just continuously getting dumbed down. And there's no, that's not bad. That just is, you know. And dumbed down, it shouldn't be called dumbed down. It should just be called. I I would argue that it's evolving. Okay. It's being
0: democratized. Perhaps it's easier for everyone to make music now. Exactly. So,
1: but to me, I come from. Like where skills still matter, absolutely, and energy is not paramount. Skip pants amount, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. one of those. I I I really like the cats like Miguel, Drake, Kendrick, J. Cole, fucking Anderson. Like you know these people that I find out here who really like I can tell like holy shit, they Alan got, Alan Stone like you. They got chops. You're hard and you yeah. have skills. Yeah. That I, f- I fuck with that. I right. want to be in that world. You know, I-, I love that 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 exists also, and the cats who just turn up like that's a it's that's its own. That's like a stylistic skill that is also equally important, but it doesn't um it doesn't appeal to my ear as much. And like you know, even like I just slapped the new Future album. It's like I'm not gonna go out there and be like, "This is the greatest fucking album." Like, oh, really? I, I like I it. turn up, I turn up, but like everyone says that that's their favorite album. Uh, my favorite of his is Monster. I'm like, I'll, I'll ride, I'll ride for Monster to the death. I love that shit. I love no, that's but that's this album is like I don't. I'm not like a music critic. Yeah, this is no, like no, f- yeah, yeah, Future is yeah. amazing. It's not like that. He's yeah. changed like. All of music, right? And made everyone right, want to do that. But it's like, I'm not from Atlanta. I don't sip lean. Yeah. Like, I go to the club and have fun and listen to Future just like anybody else, but like, I still want to listen to like music, music also, and that's yeah. where my ear gravitates. Uh-huh. So, Kendrick, that's my favorite shit yeah. because it's like, and my friends don't even like Kendrick. You know, in my house, they'd much rather slap Future all fucking day, right? Just like everyone in LA, you know? And that's great, but I will Kendrick also. Yeah. He's like damn near the king of LA, but. Kendrick, to me, is just someone where it's like, I can't do that. Right, right. You know? Future, yeah. I can't swag like Future. I'm right. not as fly as Future, but I can do that, right. sort of. Right, right. You know, I can imitate that. But yeah, when I, I listen to Kendrick, it's like, I'm ha- I'd am i probably have to sit with this album every day for a year to regurgitate it back to you right? and give you all the words back You right. know and give you all the chords. And, like, it's just so much there. It's like nutritious music, lyrically, musically. And I, you know, that's fucking great to me and like that, what that does to people that actually, like if you're a little kid in the hood somewhere in LA and you like, and you're 10 years old and you hear it to pimp a butterfly and that's your favorite thing for your mind to like tackle what that is and you listen to that every day, you're going to get smarter. Right, your brain's gonna get sharper you're gonna be like what was he talking about right here here and here why'd he say that shit about that why he's talking about all this gang stuff like what's really going on and that's how it was for me growing up you know that's when i listened to Pac and the music that i gravitated towards that's what was happening it, i was really i got a solid education off rap music yeah and you know to this day i have beliefs and ideas about how this country should be working in you know, how our government should act and how businesses should treat employees and how workers should be treated and all types of uh, of ideas and thoughts, they directly come from, like, that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't get that out of a lot of music now. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, like, I want to be someone who's out there saying that. Because everyone is just like, yeah, I just fucked your bitch and my mm-hmm. Gucci flip-flops, like, that's tight, too, you know? But, like, we're grown-ass people, right. you know? I'm a fucking 20, 28-year-old white boy from... The fucking Marin. Yeah. Like, I'm not just gonna be all, all the way out here, right? Banging for that. Like, that's someone else's life. And I do that shit, actually, in my real life. But, Please don't <laughs>
0: fuck my bitch And Gucci. I sometimes. won't.
1: I won't. <laughs> but leave, but my, it's not, leave it's her not, alone. It's not beyond me to, like, I turn up Yeah the most. With, not no, you. But I'm just saying, like, so I don't want to make it seem like I don't like, you know, I right. love, I fucking.
0: You fuck with everything, but you fuck, do you. But,
1: but yeah, and You're I do you. I just, I really love the the little spark that I see of of that like nutritious music coming yeah. back and I want to be that's Part like that. the wave that I want to kind of ride in and so I'm right. happy that it exists in L A and this is not a knock on any kind of like I love all that other music too but I'm just saying personally yeah. for myself yeah you're hopefully happy this will turn ha- into like a crazy, uh, yeah, beef the, one yeah there is
0: there's <laughs> no there's like a good wave of talented musicians coming out of Los Angeles and it's a good it's a yeah. good scene and a good vibe to be around. For certain. Yeah. And and I think that people in this scene are going to know your name yeah. even more so very soon. Yeah. Uh, me too. So
1: tell the people where to find the last project. Everything is just uh, soundcloud.com backslash M A R C underscore E underscore Basie. That's B A S S Y. But really just Google Mark E Basie and yeah. you'll find everything. Yeah.
0: It's a very Googleable name very and, yeah. yeah can't the, miss
1: it yeah the last project is good what is it called east hollywood what east hollywood the east
0: hollywood ep oh yeah east right. hollywood ep uh and it's about like 10 or 11 tracks uh, i don't know anyway it was good i listened to it twice Thank you. and i liked it Thank and that's you. why i invited you on here and i'm glad that you guys came awesome uh too. where else can the people find you like on twitter and shit
1: yeah, I, at marky basie on instagram and on twitter on twitter and yeah. instagram there you go what's next for you the tour with kalani I'm going on tour with Kalani and I'll have another uh, EP dropping before the year is over and then I'll have a, a real uh, putting in work. Yeah, I'm putting in work. I just did a deal. I just did a I could say that. Now. Are you allowed to announce it? Yeah. yeah I, I, sign? I, I signed a, a record deal with Universal Republic. Congrats, man. Home of the weekend. Hell another yeah. amazing artist that his music is nutritious in its own way. Yeah. Um, so I'll be I'll have a like my debut Marky Basie solo album will be out I haven't really told anyone that yet uh publicly so that's cool doo, 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 you doo, heard doo. it here first i just dropped bombs yeah uh
0: well fantastic man i'm happy for you yeah. it's dope to, you. it's dope when you like meet someone who's been around for a while and, and doing it and just didn't give up because you know the more can't, you can't you, stop you can't stop and you know the more you fail the more likely you are for something great to happen and it's great to mm. uh see people that that get the failures out of the way early and stick with it yeah you know? definitely i don't know no, that's that not negative way. or positive. Per, that was supposed to sound positive. No, it
1: sounds very positive. Right. Like I, I still, I, like not doing this is just not an option for me. So yeah. I've never, I've never viewed it as like it's always a it's a win win. Like yeah. if I if I can um, get by and get through life financially, like how I've been doing making songs, that's a win. Yeah, and if my shit pops off and I'm you know in uh, Sweden and eight months in front of 100,000 people singing on my guitar. That's thats you know, a win, too. That's like an out-of-this-world type win.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Mm. Well, what, well, what song are you going to perform tonight? That was the question.
1: I'm just going to do this brand-new song I just wrote called Wonder If We're Having Fun
0: exclusive
1: exclusive duh, 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 yeah. uh,
0: <laughs> i need it i need sound effects yeah you do um all right dope what's it called i'm sorry i missed it it's called i wonder if we're having fun i wonder if we're having fun so you guys can go to youtube.com slash kind of neat and watch mark e basie perform i wonder if we're having fun uh and you guys already know, uh, my name is Lee. Some of you guys know me as Intuition. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. You can follow my man, Ben Shim, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database Base, with two S's, huh. but no E, uh, or no Y. Not, no Y. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, uh, you can follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat, YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat, where you're going to see Mark E. Basie perform. And if you are listening to this on your computer, I, uh, I told somebody on Twitter that I would stop saying say you're doing it wrong, but... I feel like you should listen to it on your phone. So download that podcast app, subscribe to Kind of Neat, and uh, leave a five-star rating and a review. Tell us who you want to see on the show. And I don't know. I think that's everything. I think we did what we came to accomplish, learned a lot about you. I had no idea. I thought you were just like some new, out-of-the-blue cat, you know, like some young kid, and here you are, the fucking grizzled vet. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm
1: very much a vet. There you go. Now, thank you for having me. This is the first sort of uh, in-depth conversation I've ever had uh about ever with anyone that's crazy like you live alone on, right? on no, air <laughs> but uh but as marky basie like i haven't really got to tell my story so yeah. it's well, fuck, fun I'm glad, opportunity I'm, I'm glad that we uh
0: were allowed to be the first one man and, yeah. I, and i feel like you're gonna have like eventually you'll have the famous interviewers talking to you you'll be do like uh five figures of man. death we'll or something fuck i hope so man we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll see Let's but get it. anyhow uh yeah that was mark i'm lee that's weird my producer's name is mark so i always say mark and lee a lot but anyway That's Mark, I'm Lee, and this was kind of neat.